Hello, Rico. This is Bill Compton from Bonton, Louisiana. I was sitting here enjoying a nice glass of old negative listening to your podcast. And I must say, it is a very finely done show. A while back, I heard you mention us down here, and I do appreciate it. Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We want a man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life! My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Yes, it's Jedi's trick. Flow from the force, but beware of the dark side. Oh. 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 Iron Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's, it's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is a uh, recall. You're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. Well, hello again. This is Rico, and yes, you're listening to another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi. This is podcast 495. It'll be going out and, well, recorded and going out on July the 6th, 2014. And happy belated 4th of July to all those in the United States. Uh, last uh, Friday, I guess just a couple of days ago, we celebrated... We celebrated our Independence Day, just like in the movie, you know, killed aliens and lit off fireworks. So how's everybody doing? It's, uh, I, you know, this has been a little while since I've done a solo show. We've had a guest show last week with the, the Star Wars ship guys, uh, Brian and Rick and, and Joe and Jeff covering the Empire ships. I think before that, uh, Chris and I did a show on the, the TV season so it's yeah, it's um, it's been a while. So the, today we're going to do a, a um, what I call a classic type show. The um, the episode we're going to look at of Trek, we're going to look at an, a Trek show. We're going to look at Voyager, and uh, we're going to look at the final episode of Voyager called Endgame, uh, which uh, I always thought that was a really great finale. I, I think uh, I, I really thought they've done pretty good finales on all most of the Trek series. Well, except for Enterprise, probably. And TOS never really got a finale, but you know TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager I think all had really good finales, final episodes. And we're gonna look at Endgame, so uh, that's gonna be be a uh, it's a sort of a two-parter. I'm just gonna play clips. I gathered about uh, 10, 11 clips this morning. Watched that episode again for actually watched it for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, I, I I can remember when I first watched it and uh, how how much I enjoyed it and how impressed I was. It just had everything in the finale that I wanted, uh, and uh, yeah, so we're going to look at that here in a few moments. But first, we'll talk about, uh, you know, 
my normal jibber-jabber of what's going on and, and things. Uh, I, I guess since I've talked last, uh, well, just, uh, you know, working, haven't been traveling as much since my trip to Mexico, which is fine. Actually, I had an opportunity. I might, you know, I could have gone into Mexico next week again for work, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, the, it's It was a semi, you know, I, I try to judge work trips based on, you know, how much the need is there and, and other things that are going on at work and all that. But uh, so far, I think I can get out of this one. So um, not that I would uh, avoid it. If I if I had to go, I'd go. That's what I do. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, everything's good. Summer's moving along. The weather here in Michigan has been fantastic. I mean, we've had a, you know, not super hot and, and just, just warm, but nice. Uh, a fair amount of rain, which has been good. And uh, yeah, so everything has been been good for the summer so far uh, actually what we're only technically a few weeks into the summer but uh, it seems like the weather's been nice for a while here which is uh, certainly great after that terrible winter that we had uh, and uh, what else I've been doing some gaming some World of Warcraft I actually kind of played a little of my old favorite EverQuest this weekend I had a little extra time with Friday off and uh and bought a few games on the Steam Summer Sale. I bought that new Tomb Raider game finally. Actually, I bought Portal finally playing that. And uh, I bought uh, Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced. Uh, this is for all the gamers. I don't talk about gaming a lot, so maybe I'll uh, slip that in here. But, uh, yeah, I, I I play, you know, World of Warcraft still off and on. But uh, I wanted to play some other things. Portal, I played some, the first one, and I know it's like, what, seven years old or something crazy like that. But, it, you know, I've always heard it's great, and it is. It's it's a really cool game. And uh, I've also been trying to buy games that are not for the all of them, but some of them are compatible with my Mac, uh, which I'm still still getting used to. I bought a little stand for it and uh, it uh, to try to raise up the height of the monitor a little bit. Uh, that's one thing I kind of wish their stands on the uh, on the monitors, or sorry, these all-in-one iMacs that they make. I wish the stand somehow had some adjustment that you could raise it up a bit more, uh, and it wasn't, you know, it, it, it tilts and curves a little bit. Uh, well, uh, but uh, you know, the angle of it, I guess, is is not side to side, but kind of, uh, I don't know what you call it. The face of it can tilt forward or back, but. Um, yeah, they don't really move up at all. And for somebody tall, when I sit down, I like these monitors a little higher. So I picked up a little base for it, uh, which also has the added advantage that it has some USB ports in the front because all the USB, all the ports and everything on the, the iMac are in the back of the machine. So that's kind of nice. You can you have a little connector and you can now I can plug like a thumb drive or something into the front. So I'm still still learning my Mac uh, stuff. Uh, it's, uh, it's a slow road. I still use my Windows PC and continue will continue to do that. But I've made a few videos on the iMovie and and that and 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 done a few other things. But uh, still a little at a time, even though I've had it for a few months now. So uh, what else has been going on? Oh, I, I went to see a movie. I haven't gone out actually to see that much in the last few weeks. The first thing I went to see actually in a long time. Uh, in in several weeks, probably since I saw that Tom Cruise movie, Edge of Tomorrow, I went to see Transformers. Uh, I don't think it's called Transformers 4, is it? I think it's just called uh, Transformers Age of Extinction, which, yeah, it's more giant robots fighting. It's, it's, it's more Transformers. They've got mostly a new cast in this one from the, the main actors. Mark Wahlberg is in this. Uh, hey, I, it looks like I found a Transformer. 
I, I, I was watching last weekend all these YouTube videos of guys who, do, who could do uh, good Mark Wahlberg impressions, and I don't do a good one, but, you know, he's got that certain way of talking and acting, and uh, it, it was just, you know, more fun popcorn-type movie uh, for the summer. I love the way these movies, you know, the effects, and, and, and to have these cars, the way they transform so seamlessly between a car to a transformer and back again, and just the all the, the effects. And, and the funny thing about this movie, too, was... It was filmed around Michigan quite a bit, uh, and they actually used some of uh, the GM Tech Center that uh, that I visit uh, pretty regularly. They used it for CIA headquarters in this movie, which was sort of funny. And what else? Uh, yeah, it was good. You know, I know the critics are saying, "Oh, it's not so good." You know, like, do they have they liked any of the Transformer movies? I mean, it, it's. It, it's just the way it is. I mean, they, you know, you're not going to get Oscar-type stuff in these movies. Not Oscar acting, I don't think. But, you know, the Mark Wahlberg character has a pretty daughter, and, and she's the Megan Fox, you know, role in this movie, and runs around, you know, away from the robots. And, and But but she has some, you know, good stuff, too, towards the end. She helps out, and, and, and I think that it was good. I mean, it was... It, it is exactly like the other movies. If you've enjoyed those, hey, this is no different. I don't know what people are expecting. I'm not a huge Transformers fan. You know, I, I didn't watch the cartoon, really, but the movies I've been enjoying, I mean, I, I find that they're worth, you know, seeing. I think this one, though, was a little bit long. I think they, they could have trimmed it a bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. Next week, of course, we have, uh, what is it called? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I think. Uh, something, uh, yeah. Those movies are so long, but this is the follow-up to the the one from a couple of years ago. Uh, so this looks really good. I mean, it's amazing how these apes look and act, and all this uh, work that they do in CGI now is just incredible. And uh, I've always loved the Planet of the Apes. I like the idea, I like the story. You know, that first Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes movie, you know, just, just blew me away as a kid. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go see this one, so that's good. Uh, I also watched on Netflix last night, I know a few people I think on the forum have been talking about this, but I watched Europa Report. Uh, it was good, yeah. Uh, not a super high-budget movie, but uh, yeah, it was a really cool uh, story and, and movie about a mission to one of Jupiter's moons, Europa, which is the one that's uh, has been featured a lot in science because of the fact that it, it's believed that it could have... Um, under the surface uh, water, actual, you know, H2O lakes, and, and which, of course, people think, well, given the right conditions, there could be some kind of microbial or some type of life there. Um, the, uh, you know, it figured into one of the 2001 sequel books, and it's, uh, and also the, the uh, sequel movie to 2000 or 2010. So Europa has always had, uh, you know, kind of something that people have kind of kept an eye on and this uh this movie was it was basically about a mission of about let's see where there's six of them i think six crew that went to it and um yeah cool things happen uh, i think they did a good job even though it was a lower budget but i don't think it really showed that i think they they did great with what they had to work with and uh it was very cool the 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 cool thing about this the other you know nice thing about it is it's just on netflix streaming so hey easy to watch and uh, enjoy that way. So check that out. And uh, I think there's another one called Last Mission to Mars or Last Man on Mars, something like that, with Leave Schreiber on there too, which I watched a while back. That's a good one too. 
but yeah, nice stuff to uh, to you know have a little popcorn and watch at home and uh, enjoy on a summer night. So I'm trying to think of what else I wanted to cover. I think I'll take a short break. I'll come back with some Trek, a uh, little Star Wars news and Trek stuff, and then we'll get into the Voyager episode. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. And you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. All right, what's going on with the world of Trek? Uh, well, of course, it uh, looks like, you know, summer of, hopefully summer, I think it'll be, uh, 2016, two years away. We're going to get the next Star Trek film, same, uh, you know, cast again. This time, hopefully, with a, a fairly original story. And, you know, it'll be hopefully something really completely original with uh, Roberto Orsi, who's one of the writers of the previous ones, previous films. He's looks like he's officially on for directing. It looks like still J.J. Abrams is, is, you know, involved as a producer, probably, uh, and is still, you know, a pretty big influence, it seems, on what they're going to do for this next movie from what I'm reading and hearing online. We've got, uh, you know, lots of talk about maybe new aliens and, and a new storyline, hopefully. So I'm excited and hopeful and i enjoyed you know the previous ones these uh new writers that they've brought in patrick mckay and jd Payne, to work on the film uh seem to know trek uh and i think uh we'll um keep our fingers crossed for another cool movie to see in two years uh, on the 50th uh, birthday or anniversary of trek so we've got that coming uh, a couple other things to uh, take note of the you know sixth season of tng came out on blu-ray i picked that up uh you know it's a fantastic set great episodes in that set so uh check that out uh the price has come down i think even on amazon so uh go uh go buy your copy and you know these episodes of tng on blu-ray are just really like a completely completely different uh experience so much clearer you know i i it, it's funny i i've probably said this before but you know when when the leap was from vhs to dvd i just was you know like oh my gosh this is so great and clear and crisp and how could you ever get better than this and then we went from dvd to blu-ray and i i said the same thing oh my gosh this is so clear and crisp and great how could we ever get any better than this and then i have not seen one in person but then i'm hearing people talk about these 4k tv sets and 4k uh, 4k video that just, you know, it's like that next leap. So I, I, I don't even really want to think about that. I'm still buying Blu-rays to, you know, to kind of fill into, you know, movies and TV that I, I like a lot. I'll, I'll pick it up again on Blu-ray, even if I bought it before. And of course we've got this new Star Trek, uh, Blu-ray set coming out called the Star Trek Compendium, which I think is four discs. It's coming out in early September. You can pre-order it over on Amazon. It's going to include the last two Star Trek movies. I think we're also getting an IMAX version of Into Darkness and a lot of new behind-the-scenes stuff and features. It's going to include everything I think previously shown and released. Uh, you know, they really botched up, you know, the is the only way to say it, uh, the Into Darkness uh, release that they did 
basically what happened is you know all these different retailers got different little bits and extras and if you wanted to see some of the extras some of those extra features you had to buy like you know a version at walmart a version at target a version at best buy a version at amazon so hopefully it seems i haven't looked at every little detail of what was in all those original sets but i think we're getting the vast majority of that all now in this compendium set with with also some additional stuff too so uh, it, uh, I think that, you know, I think it's only at Amazon for 27 or something like that for the Blu-ray four disc. So that's not that bad of a price, I think for, you know, yes, it's been released before a lot of it and, and there, it is kind of a double dip, but you know, that's what these companies do, unfortunately, but I'm fine. You know, that, that to me is not too bad of a price to, to get that extra stuff. And especially to see that IMAX version of Into Darkness in you know full widescreen and great format uh, so check that out when it comes out in september so let's switch over to some star wars i don't think there's anything oh there was a cool cool music video that uh, trek video uh i i think if you search for something like uh star wars stormtroopers star trek there's this dance video that's pretty funny it's kind of like a dance off between uh star wars and star trek so check that out there's also another viral video floating out there with the Enterprise being destroyed by the Death Star as it flies around kind of San Francisco in, in low in in low in the sky. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff people make. All right, Star Wars. Let's switch gears. Um, of course, everyone's probably heard and knows who follows this that Harrison Ford had an injury on set. Uh, it... Um, the talk was it was somehow one of the door or something on the Millennium Falcon that he was filming. Something fell on his leg. Uh, it, it ranged a lot of, you know, it was just a little injury to a bigger injury. It's pretty much being reported now that he actually broke broke bones, broke uh, his leg. Uh, it looks like, from what I can see in some of the pictures now, uh, with his cast, his lower leg, uh, you know, from the knee to his ankle, somewhere in that area. Uh, he's got a cast on and it's core, you know, it's kind of messing up production, messing up, uh, and delaying things. But of course, uh, the word from Disney is still, everything's on course for that December, 2015, a release. Uh, you know, there, the rumors out there saying that, uh, Kathleen Kennedy and JJ Abrams are, are, are pushing to change the release date to May of 2016. I, I think that's unlikely. I think they could, they could certainly work with this current situation. I mean, even if Harrison Ford spends a couple of months recovering, they can still film this. They still got more than a year to go. Uh, a lot of the time is spent doing effects and things like that. So the, it, it should be, to me, it wouldn't be that big of a deal to, uh, to work around this situation. But, you know, I, you know, the word too has been Harrison Ford's, you know, Han Solo has got a pretty big role in this movie. So who knows? And there's all kinds of crazy rumors out there. I'm reading one where it's like, oh, they're going to superimpose his face on some other guy's body for some of the some, some of the movie. I'm like, really? Really? We've got you got to do that. You really think that <laughs> I just like that just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't get that. But um, but anyway, uh, I think, you know, of course, we wish a speedy recovery to Mr. Ford. And I'm sure he's going to be back, uh, you know, with uh, with his Han Solo outfit and, and whatever he's going to be doing there, you know, Chewie, lift the door up. It's on my leg. What are you doing? Uh, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting because I like Kevin Smith. I know some people aren't really a big Kevin Smith fan, but 
there was a report and there's a picture he he uh, posted I think on Instagram of him kind of in tears and he got to visit I guess the during the filming or the sets and things for uh, episode seven and, and the, basically he said he's very very impressed and happy with what he saw and, and said this movie's just going to be fantastic so I you know he's a he's a fanboy he certainly got a lot of love for Star Wars so. I think uh, I think he's going to be excited. I, I mean, I, I don't know what you'd see when you were there that would make you not excited if you're a fan. So, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's cool. And uh, you know, more good things we're hearing. And there, you know, there's all kinds of little tidbits and rumors. Of course, the the big story or the my big thinking right now. I don't think we'll see anything. Maybe we'll get a few images or something. Who knows what? But you know. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is coming up here in a few weeks. And, you know, will we get anything about the movie, about Episode 7 at Comic-Con this year? I kind of doubt it. Uh, I think they'll be pushing the Rebels TV show. I, I, You know, it would be great if we got some just, you know, just a few frames of footage, you know, just something ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I mean, everyone's just dying for it. You know, just, you know, a quick shot of them in their costumes or something. I don't know. I, I just think that, uh, you know, it's only about a year and a half away. And, uh, it, you know, they're, gosh, we're getting pictures about the Superman Batman movie, and that's like two years away, right? 2016 summer. So uh, it it, uh, it would be great if we got some stuff. I know, I know we're going to get a lot of junk out of Comic-Con, a lot of previews for movies, TV, and all kinds of things are always, you know, released, at, you know, when that comes around, trailers and stuff. So, we will see. We will see what happens. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's all I really wanted to cover. I'm obviously pretty excited for Episode 7. I, I, I think they're... Oh, they're, they announced... What's this guy's name? Uh, the guy doing... Uh, who's who's officially, I guess, doing the next uh, movie, Episode 8. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. He worked on Looper and uh, Brick, which I also think is a great movie. I'll look it up in a minute, uh, but uh, but anyway, they named him. I think I'm not sure if it's actually official completely yet. If Disney announced it, uh, but uh, they they look like they're targeting him for episode eight and maybe to work on some of the story for episode nine. So, all right, I'm gonna take a uh, well, not gonna take a break. I think we're gonna get right into Voyager Endgame, uh, and this, of course, is the last episode of Voyager. I will. Uh, I think I'll start us off here. I'm gonna play a little clip at the early part of the episode and then i'll come back and give you some background a little bit on the episode who it's written by all that kind of good stuff so here we go with star trek's voyager's last episode called endgame So it seems fitting that on this, the 10th anniversary of their return, we take a moment to recall the sacrifices made by the crew. Corruption charges were brought to Computer end display.
All right, so we have this uh, finale of uh, Voyager now to talk about. Uh, of course, it starts off with that cool scene of Voyager swooping around San Francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge and fireworks going off, and then you see Janeway, an old, much older Janeway, in the uh, end of that scene. And then it goes to the Voyager theme and all that uh, credit sequence that we normally see. And, of course, this is a nice teaser. It's like, oh, Voyager gets home. And Janeway's old, so does that mean, you know, Voyager? And, of course, the, I think the announcement says something like this is years, still years later, but, you know, when did Voyager get home? Were they out there a much longer time? What what all happened? So it uh, it's a very good setup, I think, for the episode. This, of course, is the final episode. It aired first back uh, on May twenty third, 2001, which, you know, what is that, 13 years ago? about 13 years and a month or two so, and it uh, it uh, was a story by Rick Berman, Kenneth Biller and Brandon Braga and it was a teleplay by Kenneth Biller and Robert Doherty and directed by Alan Croker. It also uh, the the storyline and what they did here had a, there was a big influence by Kate Mulgrew in this episode too. She had a lot to do with some of the choices that were made here, some of the changes that were were done and uh, Ultimately, of course, this episode, as those that know, and spoiler alert for a 13-year-old Star Trek episode, it uh, it's sort of a time travel tale, and in a way that makes it sort of reminiscent of what they did in TNG, in a, in a, in a way, uh, where they showed different, you know, a different time period for the characters when they were older and everything. So uh, that is, you know, the the thrust of this episode, and and it basically is what what it comes down to is an older. Janeway that has been home for a while now. She has realized, you know, that she didn't get everyone home that she wanted to get home. I mean, she there were a lot of sacrifices that were made. Notably, that y- you uh, you really believe that Seven of Nine never made it. Um, so it's um, her way of trying to fix it. Even though uh, most people made it back, most of the crew made it back. She wants it better. She wants to change things. She wants to fix things. And of course, that's not a uh, that's not something Starfleet's too too keen on. So um, here, I'm going to play. Uh, I'll play the next clip, which I believe is at this. Uh, it, it's um, pretty early in the episode still. This is at this little party celebrating Voyager's return years later, uh, where we get to meet and, and uh, catch up with the the crew, most of them in older versions of them, except, of course, for the Doctor, who doesn't age. Doc! Mr. Paris, Voyager's pilot, medic, and occasional thorn in my side. (laughs) Where have you been hiding yourself? I've been busy. New hollow novel? I'll make sure to get your input before I send it off to my publisher. (laughs) Aren't you going to introduce me to your date? Mr. Paris, meet Lana, my blushing bride. You're married? Tomorrow is our two-week anniversary. (laughs) Well, congratulations. My invitation must have gotten lost in subspace. Oh, you should be flattered. We took a page from your book and eloped. Joe is a real flair for romantic gestures. Joe? I I decided I couldn't get married without a name. It took you 33 years to come up with Joe? It was Lana's grandfather's name. Oh. Oh, so you're not, uh... A hologram? No. Frankly, Mr. Paris, I'm surprised you'd even ask. 
I thought we were beyond those sorts of distinctions. Are you kidding? I think it's great. I'm in a mixed marriage myself, remember? Speaking of which, where is that wife of yours? Yeah, it's a good uh, good scene. It's nice to see the different characters in older states. Uh, there's a nice scene also with Harry Kim and Admiral Janeway now. And we also get to see her talk to Balana. And she's got some little secretive thing going on with Balana, you know, in the Klingons. Uh, she wants to um, to meet up with some of them, and we'll learn more about that here shortly. Uh, but yeah, it uh, it's fun. I like the you know they did a good job, I think, with the makeup and the hair and the costuming, everything to show this future version of of what happens to Voyager and the crew after they've gotten home. They've got different little com badges, and they all look a little you know a little bit more heavy, and you know they they. They've always enjoyed over the years on Trek, you know, making characters look older, you know, showing different time periods. And they, you know, they even did it in the original series. They did it in Next Generation. They did it in Deep Space Nine. They did it in Voyager. You know, it's always, it's always a fun thing to do. I always think that, you know, maybe one of the things they never really did very much of, well, they did it in Rascals, I guess, right? And an animated episode, too. But it would be fun to see the characters when they're much younger, too especially some of the older ones. Uh, I think that that's something they didn't play with as much. But uh, so um, next up, what what happens in this episode is kind of interesting. They And they don't make a big point out of saying exactly what's going on, but it um, just sort of abruptly, in a way, uh, bounces between this future uh, version where Voyager's home and showing the cast and the characters there to Voyager back and what we know of that era, you know, when they're younger, they're still out there in the Delta Quadrant trying to get home, and they bounce back and forth between kind of what's going on there and what's going on in the, you know, quote-unquote future. And this next clip is from uh, our Voyager era, I'll call it, uh, where uh, Seven of Nine has discovered a bunch of, uh, a bunch of wormholes which could possibly lead them back home. The emissions are occurring at the center of the nebula. There appear to be hundreds of distinct sources. Which could translate to hundreds of wormholes. The radiation is interfering with our sensors. But if Ensign Kim's enthusiasm turns out to be justified, it would be the most concentrated occurrence of wormholes ever recorded. Any idea where they lead? Not yet, but if just one of them leads to the Alpha Quadrant. Who knows, Harry? Might take us right into your parents' living room. Alter course, Mr. Paris. Ensign, when you speak to your mother, Tell her we may need her to move the sofa. <laughs> yeah, so th- this is, uh, you know, one of these situations where, hey, there's a shot to get home. Uh, maybe we should check this out. Um, the, you know, they've always, you know, ever since Voyager was stranded in the Delta Quadrant, they've always looked for quick ways or ways to shortcut their trip home that was going to take them, you know, 70 plus years originally. And they, you know, through different means over the years, they cut, they got closer and closer. A lot of it had to do with uh, wormhole type stuff, uh, special modifications to the ship, and involving a lot of these things involving the Borg, which, of course, the Borg are, are one of the main threats that they run into. They, they kind of hang out in this area of space. So it's something that Voyager has had to deal with quite a bit. And, of course, you know, they're just one little ship. And they have a, you know, they have a problem with the Borg. They they're not really can't go to toe to toe with them very easily. Except in this episode later on, which we'll get to in a bit, 
I also didn't capture any clips from it, but I like older crazy Tuvok. I, I think that was a lot of fun. Tim Russ does a good job, and I enjoyed watching uh, watching those scenes in in uh, future crazy future Tuvok. Uh, of course, he's he, you know Tim Russ has been doing some uh, quote unquote fan films. Oh, I'm I'm using the quote unquote. Uh, you can all see me making air quotes here, right? Or hear me doing it, uh, but uh, you know he did. Uh, he's done one fan Trek film, and he's doing this current one called Renegades, which is looking good. I'm I'm excited to see that. I, I think it should be out by the end of the year. Uh, I was one of the backers or supporters for their. Did they do that on Kickstarter? I think it was Kickstarter, whatever service or thing that they used to raise funds. Which it seems to be the thing to do when you're going to make fan films these days is raise some money, and I, I'm all for that. You know. I would love to um, continue this process and thing of you know there, here's twenty bucks or thirty bucks or whatever you can donate and 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 we get a, you know a nice group of three or four Star Trek uh, continues did it Star Trek New Voyages uh, or Phase Two now they're called so they these guys are are you know getting money to pay for the production pay for all the people to work and feed them and transportation costs and and of course all the post-production stuff and set building and props and costumes. I mean, this is not, you know, not cheap to do. They're not doing it for profit. You know, they got to, you know, make sure they, they walk that line. But, uh, you know, they are doing it uh, because they love it. And, you know, hey, I'm more than happy to participate in that. So, oh, I know how I got off into that topic. Tim Russ, yes. Okay, so back onto the Voyager episode, though. So something's going on. Janeway's up to... Um, up to something and the next clip that i think i have for you is uh, a clip with the doctor uh talking to reg talking to barkley and uh mr broccoli right and they're talking about janeway and what's so uh, what's going on with her and reg has a has trouble keeping uh, keeping secrets so listen to this don't you find that a little strange i i'm sure that there is a perfectly reasonable explanation doctor I'm sorry. I have some papers to grade. You're stammering, Rich. So? I haven't heard you do that in years. I think you do know where she is. She is one of the most decorated officers in all of Starfleet history. I'm, I'm sure she can take care of herself. You wouldn't be saying that unless she was doing something dangerous. You are putting words in my mouth. Tell me where she is, Rich. Yeah, it's nice to see. Uh, nice to see Barkley in this episode. Uh, you know, of course, he was one that um, never gave up hope on Voyager. Was kind of uh, important to help getting them home and communicating with them with the Pathfinder thing. So I, I like that uh, he gets a, a little bit of involvement in this final episode. The um, the one thing I wanted to point out or talk about a little bit here, I didn't really capture any clips. I kind of avoided it uh, because there was plenty of other things to capture, but. There is a uh, kind of a, a little bit of a relationship thing going on in this episode between Seven of Nine and Chakotay, which for some people never really worked, and they didn't understand it, they didn't like it. Uh, you know, and even though they had a few episodes that kind of brought this up, 
this this idea. This episode is one of them. There's a few others before this that uh, that came up. You know, she was trying to date and things. And uh, it, but you know, I mean, I think people kind of thought Janeway and Chakotay should be an item and not not you know Seven and and Chakotay. But yeah, I was okay with it. I mean, they, you know, it, it was obvious to give uh, this former Borg drone some kind of, you know, romantic situation or interest. Tom Paris is hooked up. Harry Kim always seemed a little too young and naive for her. Uh, and, and uh, you know, so, so who's left of the guys really on the ship, you know, that she could hang out with that we know of the main cast? Well, you got Chakotay then, right? So... It, it uh, I guess, you know, and, and I don't think really, it didn't, it never really, it didn't work for me so much, Chakotay and, and Janeway, just because he was her captain, and I, I've always thought that would be just a little too weird, so anyway, that that's sort of part of this, the doctor has this procedure to basically allow Seven to uh, access all of her human emotions and things, and, and, and that, so that's going on in this episode, too, and it's, um, yeah, I think it's there. I don't think it's really that important for the episode. Uh, obviously, one of the reasons Janeway wants to change the past is because Seven doesn't make it. And there's a scene where she also goes to Chakotay's grave, uh, which I, I was never super clear on. Did he die? Did he make it back to Earth and then die? Or was that sort of a, a monument to him dying somewhere else? Did they save the body? Uh, did he die in the you know in the Delta Quadrant before they could get back home? I wasn't positive about that part, but um, but anyway, maybe I missed something. So so that is going on in this episode. Uh, next up, uh, so Janeway has uh, worked her her little espionage magic. She's she's got a, a, a sort of a super equipped armored up shuttle, and she kind of got this device from the Klingons, this temporal device that is going to allow her to go back in time. Uh, not quite sure why the Klingons have it, uh, but anyway, and then. Harry Kim and his ship catches up with Janeway once they find out what she's up to, and that's the next clip I'll play for you now. Harry, and people are always saying that space is so big. Lower your shields, Admiral. Prepare for transport. I'm taking you into custody. You have no grounds to take me into custody, Captain. Reg told the doctor everything, and the doctor told me. Now please, Admiral... Stand down. On one condition. You let me explain why I'm doing this. You have no idea what the consequences would be. I know what the consequences are if we do nothing. So do you. I have a chance to change all that. If Starfleet Command knew what you were trying to do... You haven't told them. The Doctor and I decided to keep things in the family. What about your crew? I told them I needed to take you back to Starfleet Medical because you contracted a rare disease. I hope it isn't terminal. No, but it has been known to affect judgment. I know what I'm doing, Harry. Do you? Can you say with absolute certainty that it'll work? Because if you can't, even if it weren't a violation of every rule in the book, it would still be far too risky. What? I'm remembering a young ensign who wanted to fly into a Borg-infested nebula just to explore the remote possibility that we might find a way home. If I remember correctly, you stopped me. We didn't know then what we know now. 
Yeah, I think the uh, one of the good things about this episode I like is the relationship between older Harry and, and Admiral Janeway. Uh, I think it makes sense. You know, he was kind of this young, naive ensign when he first came on Voyager. She kind of took him under her wing. And it was it, it, it worked for me and made sense that they would become really good friends uh, as after they got back home and they would stay in touch and they have a mutual respect for each other. And I think Harry, you know, kind of emulates Janeway a little bit, too. He doesn't quite go by the book. And, you know, he does he does what he thinks is right here. So and of course, there was that whole episode where <laughs> where Harry, you know, when the Voyager's frozen in the ice and Harry and the doctor, you know, work on changing history. So if anybody's going to go along with um, this idea, it should be Harry Kim. And next up, let's see, where are we at with my clips? Clip uh, six. I think this is, yeah, this is the clip when uh, Janeway, the older Janeway Admiral, Janeway comes through and makes her way to uh, Voyager in the past. So, um, yeah, and that's that's uh, a good uh, good thing to listen to and, and the two Janeways, uh, the start of uh, their interesting discussions and relationship here. Computer. Activate the tachyon pulse and direct it to these spatial and temporal coordinates. There's a vessel coming through the rift. Klingon? No. Federation. We're being hailed. On screen. Recalibrate your deflector to emit an anti-tachyon pulse. You have to seal that rift. It's usually considered polite to introduce yourself before you start giving orders. Captain, a Klingon vessel is coming through. Close the rift. In case you didn't notice, I outrank you, Captain. Now do it. I did what you asked. Now tell me what the hell is going on. I've come to bring Voyager home. All right. Yeah, yeah. So they're there. Janeway's, uh, you know, aboard Voyager now, and she's got to uh, explain herself. A couple things. Uh, I think they did a really, really good job. Really good job. Yes, they did a good job of the double Janeway thing. You know, anytime you do one of these TV shows where you film the same actor, you know, in two different parts, uh, I think they, for especially for the time, I mean, it was only 13 years ago, but technology and, and CGI has come a long way. But even back then, uh, there's a scene where she takes a cup, a uh, coffee cup away from the younger Janeway, the Admiral grabs it, and really, really well done, Se- pretty seamless uh, I will, uh, just going to insert here, uh, I read some stuff, you know, TNG is almost finished or being redone onto Blu-ray. I read some things that, you know, they're not sure yet if, if Deep Space Nine or Voyager will ever get the same treatment. They have the same situation where they, they don't have an HD source, unlike Enterprise. So it would take quite a bit to uh, to go back and remaster it probably have to create some new effects again too for those shows but I do do 
truly wish and hope that we get uh, both Deep Space Nine and Voyager, even though I don't want to go buy them all again, but uh, to get these in, in Blu-ray. I was noticing as I was watching this episode on DVD, even though I was watching it on my PC as I captured audio clips, uh, it's just... <laughs> I've gotten so used to watching Blu-ray Star Trek that uh, watching uh, DVD of uh, of these episodes is uh, it's not quite as nice. Yeah, it's good, it's okay, but it's uh, yeah, it's not not quite as nice. So, and I can even think back back in the day when I first watched Star Trek, you know, original series Star Trek on old, old, old terrible television sets and in reruns, uh, whatever that would have been at the time, you know, resolution wise and. Uh, Gosh, I can remember even taking, uh, get this, I don't know if I've ever said this, and I'm really spinning off target, sorry, I'll get back on target, you know, stay on target, stay on target, but I can remember taking uh, a, a good old-fashioned film camera and trying to capture pictures off the original series off my TV screen, I would hold the camera kind of near the TV and I would try to snap pictures, try that sometime, <laughs> Well, you probably can't really because you, nobody has an old TV like that, an old uh, tube TV. Let's just say it didn't work very good. Colors were terrible. You, you could get an image, but uh, but yeah, now you just you know you pop a disc in or you go to online and get a clip and you capture some still images. You know, bang, bang, bang. How far we've come, huh? All right, back to the episode. So, did I play the clip where they're talking about the whole uh, time travel thing? I don't think I did yet. I think it's the I think the next clip he has the two Janeways talking. So let me play that for you. Let me get back on task and target here. This is the the discussion after both Janeway show up and uh, they're having a, a, a chat in uh, Janeway's ready room. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a good scene. Oh, you'll run into them in a few years. You know what? I shouldn't be listening to details about the future. Oh, the almighty temporal prime directive. Take my advice. It's less of a headache if you just ignore it. You've obviously decided to, or you wouldn't be here. A lot's happened to me since I was you. Well, I'm still me, and this is still my ship. So no more talk about what's going to happen until I decide otherwise. Understood? All right. Let's talk about the past. Three days ago, you detected elevated neutrino emissions in a nebula in grid 986. You thought it might be a way home. You were right. I've come to tell you to take Voyager back to that nebula. It was crawling with Borg. I brought technology that'll get us past them. Well, I don't blame you for being skeptical. But if you can't trust yourself, who can you trust? And for the sake of argument, let's say I believe everything you're telling me. The future you come from sounds pretty good. Voyager's home. I'm an admiral. There are ways to defend against the Borg. My ready room even gets preserved for posterity. So why would you want to tamper with such a rosy timeline? To answer that, I'd have to tell you more than you want to know. But suffice it to say, if you don't do what I'm suggesting, it's going to take you another 16 years to get this ship home. And there are going to be casualties along the way. I know exactly what you're thinking. You've also become a telepath. I used to be you, remember? You're asking yourself, is she really who she says she is? 
Or is this some sort of deception? For all you know, I could be a member of Species 8472 in disguise. Have your people examine my shuttle. Tell them to take a close look at the weapon systems and the armor technology. In the meantime, the doctor can confirm my identity. So, yeah, at first, though, of course, younger Janeway's a little suspicious of this whole thing. She She's, you know, cautious, and she wants to make sure this is all verifiable. She quickly pretty much realizes this is her older self, but she's debating about this, you know, well, it looks like things worked out pretty well uh, in the future. Most people made it back. You're here. You look okay. You're an admiral at Starfleet. Why should I go mess with that? And, you know, the younger one, or the older one, sorry, Admiral tells her, you know, well, it's a lot more years here. There are losses along the way. But uh, I kind of think of, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about as I was watching this that I wonder about is, is that wouldn't it have been simpler or would have helped more if she kind of lied to her younger self? I, I don't know if she thought she couldn't get away with it, but, and I know that maybe that changes the character of Janeway. We feel that she's pretty straightforward and honest but i mean couldn't she say something like you know i was like the only one that made it back or you know hardly anybody made it back you know come up with some kind of story that made it really much more compelling of the the uh the result or the the you know the outcome that the admiral janeway had lived through versus you know the alternative of taking this chance and going through one of these wormholes I guess, you know, that I'm thinking about it, it's like, yeah, you know, you're trying to perfect, you know, your your trip back, and and you could really, really mess it up even more. So, I mean, it's, it's like a bird in the hand kind of situation. So, I don't know. I was just thinking about that and wondering if maybe, maybe Janeway should have, uh, should have laid it on a little heavier about like, oh, gosh, things, everybody, you know, most, most, most of the people died and even listed some names, you know, said, you know, people like Harry Kim would have really hurt Janeway, you know, if, if she had told her, you know, even though Harry did make it back in Admiral's timeline, you know, said Harry Kim died, you know, Tom Paris died, you know, Chakotay dies or something like that. And just, just go down the list and say, yeah, you made it back with like three other people or something. I don't know, just a thought, but, but she doesn't do that. They go, they have a little bit of back and forth about whether they're going to do it or not do it. But, um, I think the next clip that I got for you, and of course, eventually they work together, uh, is um, is when uh, the Admiral hasn't told her a certain thing. When they go into this area of space that's a little hard to, to uh, navigate and see and, and sensors don't work and all that good stuff, they find this transwarp hub of the Borg, uh, and that's what this next clip is all about. And that the Admiral didn't tell her about, which, of course... Probably because younger Janeway wouldn't have said, wouldn't have wanted to go for, uh, you know, hey, yeah, let's just jump in here where there's a whole bunch of Borg. But you know, one thing to keep in mind that I, I didn't say yet is one of the things the Admiral had on her shuttle that they are um, they pretty almost too easily to me modify and use some of this technology on Voyager, but they're able to kind of put this plating on the Voyager's hull and upgrade their weapons and systems completely and basically make them a little bit more Borg tough and, and, and with weapons that can destroy Borg cubes and, and, you know, pretty quickly a, a big upgrade, I think, uh, which 
I, I don't even know if they mentioned any time how long this takes for them to do this, but they seem to do it pretty easily and pretty quickly in the show. But that's TV for you sometimes. So uh, I would have preferred maybe just a toss away line. Maybe there was one. I didn't. I don't remember catching it, but maybe there was one. Like say, you know, her modifications have been being worked on for for many weeks now, or a month or two, or something like that. But all right, next clip, transwarp conduit. It's a Paris altar course to enter the aperture to coordinates 346 by 42. Belay that. I asked you a question. What is it? The road home. It's more than that. It's a transwarp hub. You once told me there were only six of them in the galaxy. That's correct. You knew this was here, but you didn't tell me about it. Why? I'll answer all your questions once we're back in the Alpha Quadrant. Take us out of the nebula. Captain? You heard me. I gave you an order, Lieutenant. Proceed to the aperture. This is my bridge, Admiral, and I'll have you removed if necessary. Take us out. Hi, Captain. Yeah, so the younger Janeway is not very happy about this situation. And uh, and eventually, some of the stuff that happens in this, to keep it more interesting for the audience, you don't really know that, that the two Janeways eventually come up with a plan to work together to uh, infect the Borg and to fight their way through and out of this, um, this transwarp pub area, both basically to get Voyager home and to destroy this the the Borg there and the the conduit and all that stuff you know kind of do everything they possibly can to to stop that Borg and get home too. Uh, another thing that's going on in this episode is Balana uh, Torres and and Tom Paris of course are married and she's about to have a baby. So this is a fun clip because I'm a sucker for uh, you know uh, uh, a baby scene and a mom in, in labor and I, I Bolana's got some great lines in this in this clip too so uh, just of course as they're about ready to try to make their way home Bolana goes into labor so uh, listen to this try to relax lieutenant oh if you tell me to relax one more time I'm gonna rip your holographic head off I hope you don't intend to kiss your baby with that mouth uh. tell me this isn't another false alarm uh. this isn't another false alarm uh. I can't believe it oh believe it I might actually win. What? The baby pool. Today, 1,500 hours. I'm so glad I could accommodate you. Don't celebrate yet. Klingon labor sometimes lasts several days. Ah! Of course, I'm sure that won't be the case here. Bridge to Lieutenant Paris. We're ready to get underway. Captain, I'm afraid. Go. But. No, but, Flyboy. If this mission is going to succeed, we need our best pilot at the helm. Don't worry. The doctor will be here with me. Is there a problem, Mr. Paris? <sighs> On my way, Captain. Yeah, that's uh, good stuff, fun stuff. And, you know, get up there, fly boy. You know, we need you on the helm to get us home. So uh, <laughs> I like that. Uh, okay, so we're coming to the end of the episode. Uh, the two Janeways have kind of made a little uh, off-screen deal. The older Admiral, of course, gets uh, finds herself with the Borg. She gets uh, starts to get assimilated 
which infects the Borg with this uh, virus thing. And they uh, basically are, you know, kind of whipping their ass. And uh, oops, did I say a bad word on the air? Uh, or at least Voyager is. I mean, it's great to see Voyager finally giving it back to the Borg after all the, the you know, things that they've taken over time. Uh, they're just shooting out torpedoes and destroying Borg cubes and all that. And uh, the this uh, second to the last clip um, describes some of that. Uh, but, oh, I have to mention here, uh, you know, we got Alice, Alice Cridge. Is that how you say her last name? She came back to uh, play the Borg Queen in this episode. Uh, you know, during most of all the Voyager episodes where we saw the Borg Queen, it was played by actress Susanna Thompson, who was... Um, also, uh, Oliver Queen, Moira's, Moira, how do you say her name? Moira Queen's, uh, Oliver's uh, mom on Arrow, and uh, Suzanne and Thompson, that actress, but she wasn't available for doing this episode, so they brought back the actress Alice uh, Cridge, who was the Borg Queen in First Contact. So she came back to do this final Voyager episode, which is uh, cool, I thought, and I thought she did a good job. I guess she was a little nervous from what I read and, uh, you know, a little apprehensive to come back to doing this same role that she hadn't done in what, um, uh, first contact was 19, what, 96, I think. So it had been a good five years or so, four or five years since she played a, the Borg Queen and this other actress had played, uh, played the Borg Queen between and all that. But I, I still think she did fine here. Uh, the, uh, the scenes with her and Admiral Janeway are good and that's, um, that's what I'm going to play for you now. The Admiral succeeded, Captain. Conduit shielding is destabilizing. Now, Mr. Tuvok. Voyager will be destroyed. They're ahead of the shockwave. They'll survive. Captain Janeway and I made sure of that. It's you who underestimated us. Right, I'm about to, uh, we're getting to the end here, about to play the last uh, clip of the episode. A couple of uh, comments, uh, one one thing I wanted to say, there's a couple different versions of way the way they were going to finally do this. One was the, the crew of Voyager was going to allow themselves to be assimilated, which was going to, you know, implant this uh, virus thing into all the Borg and, and wipe them out, but then they would still somehow come through this Borg uh, vessel cube would come through the, the rift or the wormhole and they would make it back home and they would be saved and, you know, de-assimilated or something like that. But they decided not to go that way, which, which I think was a good idea. Just having Admiral Janeway over there made sense. She kind of sacrifices herself in a way, which, uh, which I think pleased uh, Kate Mulgrew. I, I think she said it was important. I think there is important for someone to sort of make a sacrifice, even though it's sort of a different timeline and all that stuff. Uh, most people were pretty happy with this episode. I think some of the cast, 
I read a few things that, you know, this was being their final episode. Some of them felt a little sad because the final scenes they filmed didn't involve the whole the whole cast. You know, they didn't come together on the bridge and, and do some of that stuff. And, and the last days of filming kind of, you know, were not like in the classic TNG last episode. I don't know if they filmed that last. I think they probably did. But that last poker scene where the whole main cast was together to kind of say goodbye both on screen and in a way to each other as actors uh, would have been a nice thing. A couple of comments. I, I, I like this episode, or a couple other comments, I should say. I like this episode quite a bit, but I think it still suffers from the one fatal thing that Voyager did way too much of or, or had happened was I think they resolved things way too quickly in the last five or ten minutes. I really wish they had had an opportunity to, you know, have some of these characters and actors meet up with, you know, people on Earth a little bit, maybe had five minutes of a reception. Kind of like they could have easily mirrored that reception thing that's in the beginning of this episode, like a little party reception for the when they were older, do it when they're younger, you know, have Tom you know, meet his father and show his father his grandchild, you know, that was just born. Had a little bit of that, you know, them all come together in a final scene. And, and I know they wanted to, you know, all this cool effects stuff, which it won a um, an Emmy for, for the visual effects. And I think for the music, too, for this episode. Uh, but uh, it would have been nice to have a little bit more than they're just kind of heading home. Uh, and there's Earth there, and then that's the way they ended. I mean, it was okay. I, I think that it would have been nice to have a little bit more than that uh, in, in the final end. You know, this turned into a two-hour, I think it was a two-hour event uh, when it was first shown on the air. And uh, I think the DVD was about an hour and a half long. But, I, I mean, you could have trimmed a few other little things. You could, heck, you could have probably trimmed the whole Chakotay Seven of Nine romance and, and included some stuff when them them arriving back home, maybe Seven trying to meet up with some of uh, her relatives that were maybe still on Earth. Uh, you know, stuff like that would have been nice. But, hey, I'll play the last clip for you, and then I will come back, and we'll wrap up our look at this uh, final episode of Voyager. We've got 18 ships in position. Nine more on the way. Open a channel. Open, sir. This is Admiral Paris. Use all necessary force. I repeat, all necessary force. Sir. There's a vessel coming through. Mr. Paris, what's our position? Right where we expect it to be. The transwarp network has been obliterated, Captain. We'll celebrate later. Mr. Tuvok. We did it. We're being hailed. On screen. Sorry to surprise you. Next time we'll call ahead. Welcome back. It's good to be here. How did you... It'll all be in my report, sir. I look forward to it. 
sick bay to the bridge. <laughs> Doctor to Lieutenant Paris. There's someone here who'd like to say hello. You better get down there, Tom. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Chicote, the helm. Aye, Captain. Set a course for home. So that's uh, that's it. the The end of Voyager for this episode End Game. It uh, gets them back home. I was glad of that. You know, I, I have to say, I remember when I watched this when it first aired. You know, I, there was there were times in during this episode that I was wondering, are they going to make it back home? Are they going to make it? Are they going to destroy the Borg but sacrifice not getting back home? I was just happy that they did decided not to leave them kind of stranded out there. I. I I think they it was they did a smart thing. They resolved it, got them back home, and uh, and did a you know kind of a nice wrap up. You know, seven seasons and and just to, it was nice to see that you know that scene where they're they're approaching Earth. Even though I wish they would have had a little bit more there <laughs> at the end. Uh, I, you know, some of uh, you know some of the times when you when you end a TV series, it's always tricky. You know, you can't you can't make something everyone's going to be completely pleased with. Some people will love it, some people will hate it, some people will be in between. Um, you know, I I, uh, I've, I I've said a few times I, I was very disappointed in the finale of the TV series Lost. I I, I felt totally cheated, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Even though I really enjoyed the series as a whole. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, I just felt like, like totally jerked around by that show at the end, but this, this nowhere near like that on, on Voyager and most of, like I said earlier about Star Trek, I think they've done a good job. Enterprise, just really not a very good final episode, but someday we'll cover that one and talk more about that. Let me take a break. I will come back and we'll wrap up, uh, the podcast. What are you guys doing? Huh? What are you guys doing? Listening to Static! What? Listening to Static! Kate, what? Didn't you know all the cool kids are doing it? Hey guys, guess what? I found something even cooler than Static. Cooler than Static? Nothing's cooler than Static. Yep, it's the Rusted Robot Podcast. So cool, it's better than Static. The Rusted Robot Podcast. (laughs) It's better than Static. Search the Rusted Robot in a podcast store near you. No robots were harmed in the making of this commercial. No substitutions, results may vary. Rusted Robot. All right, I'm back. I hope everybody liked that uh, look at Voyager. It's been a while since I've done clips and covered a a pretty involved episode uh, on the podcast. So I I try to do the best that I can. 
a great site if, if those are not if people aren't aware of it for a lot of cool background and information memory alpha uh, is uh, is my source what I use a lot uh, for the podcast just go to uh, the just go to memory-alpha.org uh, there's a wiki there a great uh, great source of Star Trek information and and they've got a great breakdown for each episode uh, there that uh, a lot of behind the scenes stuff and things and of course there's a lot of books out on uh, Star Trek and episodes too like the uh, These Are the Voyages, TOS books. Make sure you pick those up. Uh, that's linked uh, all over the place. Just search for These Are the Voyages books.com and you'll find them online. I think it's called J. Brown Press. Order them direct there right now and you can get a, a 35 millimeter film clip from the original series too as a special bonus. So check that out. Um, coming up on the podcast, I'll give you the next month or so. Uh, we've got next week, Mark. Our uh, classic sci-fi guy, Mark, will be here with an older movie called Flight to Mars, which he's going to cover next weekend. In two weeks, I'll be back. I am going to look at a Ray Harryhausen, one of my favorite Ray Harryhausen movies, The Golden Voyage of Sinbad, which I think is maybe the first uh, Harryhausen movie I ever watched. So uh, that'll be in two weeks. Then on the 27th of July, I want to do a Skype chat just to get together with whoever wants to talk. We'll probably do it that weekend on the 26th. Usually I try to do them on like Saturday, the day before. I'll, I'll put up a time on the Facebook group, uh, the forum, and, and if anyone has a question, just email me at treksf at gmail.com. But, you know, get together, talk about what's going on in summer movies, what uh, everybody's been up to, what we're enjoying. There's some summer TV, too, that's pretty cool for geeks. Uh, Defiance and Dominion are, are on the air on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, there's a, it's not really sci-fi, but it's kind of a geeky show, Halt and Catch Fire on AMC. I've been watching that, which is about the early days of IBM clones that in, in the early 80s that were being worked on by this uh, fictitious company in the TV show. So yeah, there's the there's cool stuff. Continuum just finished up, uh, wrapped up its third season, which changed a lot on that show in the third season. A lot of things, new things happened, so uh, I, I love that show, and uh get caught up on that if you get a chance uh it, it's really good so uh, so anyway skype chat on the 27th on the 3rd of august uh dave dave will be here with a look at the 80s movie the final countdown yes that's the kirk douglas aircraft carrier goes back in time to world war ii movie and then on august 10th that i still i gotta decide here pretty quick in the next few days i think it's gonna be a video cast i think i'm gonna ask for video clips from you guys and i just don't exactly know what uh, sort of subject matter or topic to focus in on for it yet but uh it's going to be on the 10th of august uh or the release of it at least that'll be show 500 for treks in sci-fi hard to believe <laughs> 500 that's way too many oh all right everybody have a great uh you know day week whatever I'll, I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks next week mark will be here and i hope everybody's enjoyed this podcast oh last thing to mention is donations are always welcome paypal there's links at treksinsci-fi.com also the itunes reviews any itunes reviews if you're listening to the podcast you've never put up a review on the podcast section on itunes for the podcast please do so love to see some more reviews there uh you know give it a number of stars whatever you do and then write a small review of the show that'd be great so thanks so much everyone for listening i will talk to you again soon bye bye
This has been a Wego Dusty podcast production.